Hello, welcome to the Comparative Agility Podcast. My name is Simon Hilton, and in this series we'll be talking with world leaders in agility to help understand how we can make continuous improvement a part of your company's DNA. In this episode, I talk with Matt Halbrick, the Head of Business Analytics at Comparative Agility, about the new impact matrix and how it can help agile teams understand their journey, but also as an organization, how teams can help each other. And... And here we are. Uh, welcome to Comparative Agility. Uh, and with me today, I have Matt Halbrick from Comparative, Comparative Agility. Uh, he's the head of business analytics. Welcome, Matthew. Thank you so much, Simon. Good to be here. That's great. Uh, this is a really special episode of Comparative Agility because uh, we're actually taking a dive into the product itself and some new kind of dimensions that we're adding to it. So it's quite exciting for me. We're not talking about any frameworks or, or theory here it's actually quite uh we can get quite uh technical if we want but um let's make we'll just make sure that we're um keeping it uh, easy to understand at the same time but i was really excited when i read the the, the detail that you, you sent or, uh, i was sent over about the impact matrix that you guys have been working on so do you want to give me a quick understanding of how you know, how this all started out yeah i'd be happy to um you know, I think really it started with uh, a vision from um, from our, our co-founders, Jorgen and, and Almir, as they were, you know, hearing some feedback from some of the uh, the customers, uh, some of our clients about, um, you know, challenges that they were facing as, as uh, they had coaches that were, were looking at teams and particularly with, uh, you know, larger organizations that might have a large number of teams. And trying to kind of get that bird's eye view of how uh, the teams are are kind of uh, doing, really, mm-hmm. and, and kind of laying that out a little bit. And so we talked about a number of different ways that we could maybe uh, try to um, help uh, answer some of those questions. And, and really, what we kind of gravitated to is an idea of of being able to kind of array teams, looking at them from two key dimensions. Really, first is looking at how the teams are performing. And when we say performance, we're talking about their self-assessed performance as measured through the comparative agility scale. And then um, to what degree do the teams kind of act as a unit or how do they kind of uh, think as a unit, let's say. And so we looked um, for ways to, to kind of characterize how much uh, they agreed with one another on the, their ratings for the, the items in our scale. So, um, and we, we uh, uh, call that our, our coherence. Um, uh, or cohesion measure, excuse me, co- uh, cohesion measure. And so that gives us uh, both the performance and the cohesion perspective, and we can kind of array those onto a grid and, and very quickly get that bird's eye view of uh, how the teams uh, are doing and you know which, uh, which teams might need a little bit more um, support and which ones are, are ones that we can maybe find some things to model from. So um, very, I think, powerful way of, of being able to look at a group of teams um, all, you know, looking at their assessments and trying to understand um, uh, where we can uh, seek performance that we can um, enhance and where we can look for opportunities to improve. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a very delicate topic because um, there can be often in some situations a, a 
an intent to kind of compare teams against each other and to see which ones are the good and bad teams, et cetera. And I've been in, in those rooms where those conversations have happened, but also in another context as an agile kind of coach or, or program manager, you do want to have a bit more, being a bit more data-led in which teams are where and how can I help them? Um, so just to be you know extremely clear, I mean, we're, we're looking, we're talking about how we help individual teams. And what I found was the most powerful thing is how do we help teams help each other? Um, right. That's just really, really powerful when you think about it, when you start creating a self-learning and self-healing culture, which brings everybody up together rather than relying on every, everyone's individual uh, steam, if you will, or power. Um, so I can really see the, the, the need and opportunity for someone to use this within their organization. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I think, you know, we've all worked with teams and it's, it's, you know, sometimes you can just sort of tell when something isn't quite clicking. I think mm. what's powerful about this tool is that it allows us to kind of get a little insight into what the issues might be, you know, is it really that, uh, you know, the team is, is in agreement, but they're not, uh, really achieving the level of performance that maybe they would wish they, they could, or is that more that they're not in agreement and maybe, you know, those different diagnostics will kind of point to, to maybe different, um, places that we might need to look, to look, uh, to, to help them improve and, and to, uh, help them, uh, kind of, uh, 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 find a way to, to work together more effectively. Mm. It's, it's, it's quite a powerful set of metrics that you've chosen. I mean, yeah. One way to look at them when you look at uh, it would be maybe hard and soft skills. Would that be a good way to approach the two, uh, the two axes of the, the ability to you know, produce the outcomes, but also how you how well you work together? I think it's possible to think of it in that way. Although you know, within the comparative agility scale itself, we are measuring a lot of things that I would mm. consider to be more sort of soft skills, uh, including, uh, you know, teamwork, communication, that sort of thing. So, you know, we're sort of looking at um, really the, the degree to which, you know, maybe as we measure communication, we may find that all the team is in agreement that they're not very good at communication, right? So there you have a, an opportunity where you, you can just sort of work on communication skills with everyone. Or you can say, if you were to find, hey, uh, some team members think we're doing great at communication and others um, are, are having real real doubts about the team's um, abilities with respect to communication, that kind of might point to a different issue there. So I think that's the, the kind of insight that you can glean from, from looking at these, these two sides of the coin, the, the performance and, and the coherence or the cohesion. And I think uh, that that gives us um, some additional information as we, as we try to work with teams to, to help them, you know, achieve their, their goals. Yeah. I think it's when we, you, you look at the, combination of these is where it really comes alive before we yeah. do let's, let's take a bit more a bit of time to talk about the two actual dimensions so sure one of them is performance and one of them is cohesion so and again these are self-assessed which needs to be very clear that this is how the no these aren't objective measures of how um how the team is it's how the team perceives themselves to be so you could have a very high performance team who perceives themselves to be low performance because of they have high standards that's one of one thing that needs to be uh, filtered and understood about the team in a context view, but can you just can we dive a bit more into what performance is and what uh, and what cohesion is? Then? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as we think about uh, 
real, both of these dimensions are really based on the, the 66 items that make up the comparative agility uh, CA scale. And uh, as we, we look at that, we, I, we know from our research and, and just from our experience um, that there are some of those uh, statements that probably carry a little bit more importance than others. And so one of the first things that we did is sort of ask ourselves, well, as we're looking at these items and we're sort of trying to group them up and come up with an overall measure of team performance, do we want to treat all 66 of these items uh, identically and, and just sort of look at an average across them? Or do we want to acknowledge the fact that, that there are some of these that probably have a little bit more direct relationship with some of the outcomes that, uh, that we're interested in, in achieving as an organization? And so... Um, we, we did uh, assemble an expert panel to take a look at the, all of the different questions. And we also used data um, to help us uh, do some analysis, looking at some of the self-reported outcomes uh, with respect to each of the, the items in our scale. And using that analysis and that expert opinion, uh, we were able to come up with a weighting scheme that essentially allows us to, to put a little bit more um, weight to those uh, items on our on our scale that um, seem to have a higher uh, correlation or higher um, importance as it pertains to uh, both performance and, and team cohesion or coherence. Um, so uh, th that's one factor right there is to, to know that, that we're not just sort of taking a straight up average. We're, we're kind of really trying to evaluate um, which of these statements would seem to, to reflect the most strongly on uh, the outcomes that teams are looking to achieve uh, and that, that agile organizations are looking to achieve and then uh, applying uh, the, some weights to help us kind of get a, a weighted measure of the team's performance. Um, so as we, as we do that, uh, we, we, we want to be able to kind of portray that on, a, on, a, on an even scale. And so we do a little bit of math behind the scenes to, to basically kind of lay those out across an axis so that we can sort of see a little bit of a spread and see what happens as we weight up those uh, statements and, and put them into a single uh, measure of, of performance. And that's combining all eight of our key dimensions um, and all of the, the 66 items that make those up um, using this weighting process that I just described. Yeah, and, and we've talked about those with Jorgen previously around yeah. you know, how um, cross-functionality of teams, you know, uh, breaking down of, of requirements, all those kinds of things, but all those go into right. this performance, um, this measure. Correct, yes. And those same items also make up the, the second axis, the the mm -hmm. uh the cohesion axis and then we're gonna talk about that in a minute but but uh you know this this weighting uh scheme is important the other thing that we have to take into consideration this is an also an important idea is the fact that this is uh you know an assessment tool where we are asking people to respond to questions and there are times when people just don't feel comfortable responding to a question maybe they feel that they themselves don't have enough personal knowledge of what we're asking about to be able mm -hmm. to respond to it um, or not we're not always sure why they don't want to respond it, it, it actually is one of the great mysteries in uh, in um, um, survey research is trying to understand uh, why people choose to not respond to a particular question um, it's, mm -hmm. it's hard to get inside the the head of of, of respondents but um, we know that that's something that happens and so that's something mm -hmm. else that we had to kind of consider is the fact that we would end up with these little holes in the data and what do we do with that I mean 
you know, we don't want to kind of um, totally ignore that because it could indicate that there is some pattern there that we have to be aware of. Or, for example, if we see that uh, within a team, the same within the team, um, uh, people are skipping the same question over and over again. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would tend to indicate maybe something is going on there that we need to dig into. Um, or if we see the same respondent is skipping a lot of the questions, like maybe they're only responding to, you know, out of the 66 items, maybe they only responded to 20 of them or something, you know, that's another thing that we need to kind of try to understand what might be happening there. Um, so, you know, fortunately in the case of the data that, that we've looked at thus far, we don't see a lot of those kind of patterns. It's, it's, uh, you know, it does happen, but it's rare. Um, and so it's something that we've kind of had to account for in our um, in our work, but it's not something that uh, uh, we found um, uh, we, we've accounted for it essentially and, and been able to kind of deal with it without having to introduce any uh, sort of additional manipulation to offset some of those kinds of issues. So um, and, and essentially what we're able to do is, is kind of with, uh, hold out um, and kind of disregard from our our um, averages uh, and the way that we're calculating our weighted average, any of those incomplete responses. But that is an important thing that we, we kind of had to look at because there is a significant number of our responses that uh, someone might have chosen to skip one question. And you know certainly we didn't want to throw out their whole response because they skipped one question. Um, yes. And, and so trying to account for and honor the input that they gave us while also um, not uh, penalizing the team for the fact that that we had some some non-response there as well. Yeah. So moving on from performance, which is essentially how the team feels they're performing, mm-hmm. we have cohesion, and this yeah. is really this is actually this is one of the coolest parts about comparative that I that first got me hooked was um, was seeing not only a response saying this is the average, but saying hey, these are the range of responses, which ind- indicates as you kind of pointed out before a kind of a meta issue of this team doesn't agree with each other. Um, can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, this was a really kind of fun part of the project for for <laughs> uh, for our, our data science team to kind of sink our teeth into a little bit, I have to say, because we, um, you know, love kind of playing with with the stats and and uh, got to kind of explore a little bit here. Um, you know, it's, it's really common in um, scales like the ones that we use, uh, commonly called Likert type scales, um, that uh, you might just use a, a one of the very kind of off-the-shelf statistical measures of spread, like standard deviation, to try to look at this um, idea of how much agreement there is within a team. Mm-hmm. But as we kind of looked at that, there were some some issues that uh, would make it would make a measure like standard deviation not lend itself very well to what we were trying to achieve. To basically be able to kind of plot these out onto a onto a, a scale. Uh, onto an axis, uh, map it to a vector. And so we kind of started looking around a little bit in some of the literature. And fortunately, we're able to to come across a a very um, interesting measure looking at um, uh, this idea of consensus um, that comes Mm -hmm. out of some, uh, really, it's it's based on entropy theory. Uh, Very, very interesting kind of background work on this. Um, But it, it really looks at how for lack of a better term, how disorganized is the team's responses or are the team's responses. And so, um, and and I mean that in a very kind of a literal way, like not, uh, not in in a, you know, like a pejorative kind of way, but, but really just looking at their responses and are they 
well-ordered or are they kind of all over the place? And that's, that's this idea of consensus. Um, <clears throat> and so we, we kind of took a look at that and we said, this could be a really interesting way of looking at things. One thing that we, um, you know, <laughs> among many nice things about this, uh, this consensus measure is that it gives us kind of a nice set of endpoints, like a zero to one scale that we could kind of, kind of sink our teeth into and use on uh, plot out on a, on a vector pretty easily. And we thought it um, gave some really nice uh, insight into um, how much agreement there was among the members as they were responding to each of these items. The challenge we ran into is that although we have this great measure of consensus that's well documented in the literature, um, we, we weren't able to find anyone who had kind of taken that and used it in the way that we were going to try to use it to kind of roll up responses and look um, across many different questions. Um, rather than looking at a single question, consensus is measured at a single question item. We had to sort of say, okay, what is the way that we can take this and, and aggregate it together to look across the, all 66 of our items and come up with an overall measure of the, the team. And so we created what we call our cohesion measure. And um, it, it's, it's essentially looking at those consensus measures, coming up with a way to kind of weight those together. Um, and then doing a little bit of math magic to, to be able to plot them out on that zero to one axis. And it gives us, um, uh, we think, a very nice way of, of getting some insight into sort of how those teams are, um, are, are gelling, so to speak, as, uh, as, as we look at the, the, the sum of those consensus measures. Yeah. Um, it is, as I was saying before, I think it needs underlining that if your team aren't agreeing on things, you need, that's, that's the tools they're using day to day to navigate the challenges around them. So, and it actually um, has come up in a lot of um, kind of other studies like Project Aristotle and things like that at Google about the mm -hmm. amount of kind of psychological safety and how much people can actually agree or disagree on items is, but still be of one mind is, is critical to a team. Uh, and their performance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm sure I'm not the the only one here who has has uh, had the opportunity to to learn from a team that maybe <laughs> was not performing <laughs> at their peak. Um, uh, and I've been on some on some great teams too. And so uh, you know, I think every team sort of has its uh, its own level of dysfunction. Um, and uh, the, you know, you, you hope to get that as, as little as possible. And, and yeah, if, the more we can learn about how teams function, I think uh, that this will uh, help us get at, at some of that, those issues of how, how much on the same page are the team and can we, um, can we do things that would help, uh, you know, improve that over time. Absolutely. Um, so with performance and uh, cohesion, we come to us. This, this is this is the two axis of the impact matrix. But the really right. fun part is when you understand where someone sits inside that matrix, um, and 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 the options and levers available to help and guide the team um, to that what we just talked about that optimal performance where people are mm -hmm. producing outcomes, but at the same time they're autonomously doing that because they have a high amount of cohesion um, to to fuel and and and, and drive themselves forward. Right. Right. So yeah. the first, I mean, I guess we'll start there is with the high performance, high cohesion quadrant. Mm -hmm. um, what does a team look like when they're in this quadrant? Well, you know, I think uh, 
it, it varies a little bit based on sort of how far out they are on each of the axes, but mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're definitely seeing a team uh, in that, in that upper white right quadrant that um, you know, at least from their self-report it are, are doing fairly well. Um, they are, you know, they might have their, some of the, um, some issues on some of the specific items, but overall on average, um, they're, um, they're performing well and, and, and they're, and they're, they're doing so consistently and, and, uh, as a mm. team, you know, and, uh, so I think really, you know, that, that group is the group you want, want to look at, um, and try to see if there are best practices you can identify or the things that, yeah. that are happening there that you can hopefully either replicate or, or, you know, uh, find a way to, to bring some of those, those ideas to some of the other teams. And it could be nuts and bolts kinds of stuff. Like maybe they're just, you know, really got their act together when it comes to their technical practices. And that's kind of, you know, doing well, but it could also be, you know, they're some of the more soft side stuff, like their communication, their teamwork, some of that kind of stuff that, you know, uh, they could be doing really well uh, relative to some of the other teams um, and, and really in a consistent fashion relative to some of the other teams. And, and that would, you know, call for a little bit different, um, uh, you know, learning to come from that. So, yeah, but I, I see there being two major points with this team is that as you quite rightly pointed out, how do we replicate or kind of um, share this this pattern amongst the organization? Mm-hmm. But also, how do we not screw this up? How do we let them just keep going? Right. What, what could we? How could we do? How could we? Um, how could we stop this team from being in the top quadrant? If, if we introduce the wrong team member, if we keep on splitting the team and putting them onto different projects, not letting them focus, like it's really important to maintain and sustain at that at that level as much as. Mm-hmm. Uh, improve. Yeah. Well, and I, the other thing, again, as you pointed out earlier, these are self-reported data. And so, you know, you do also hope you're not finding a team here that is uh, kind of high on themselves, you know, yes. uh, so, uh, you know, there is a little bit of a reality check that you might need to do as a coach to kind of say, does this really, is this team really one of my top teams? I, you know, I think uh, that, that you're always going to be doing that, I'm sure. Right. But uh, mm-hmm. you know um, that, 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 uh, is something to to just kind of keep yeah, in mind. I, I believe that's part of the comparative agility cycle is the uh, yeah. independent data sources. So you definitely right. need to check this. Don't uh, you don't want to have a team uh, a team of yes men or, or women, right? Um, uh, g- gaming these results. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they think they are like, oh, I know how the boss wants me to answer these questions. You don't want that, right? <laughs> you want them to be given their real, uh, you know, uh, sort of honest, uh, off the cuff kind of uh, uh, reactions to these these statements, and and hopefully uh, we're getting some real um, good feedback from them that that we can, um, uh, you know, you learn from. Exactly. Now the next phase, next zone is high performance, low cohesion. So. I guess this is a team which uh, does amazing things and, and produces outcomes, but not, may, not might not necessarily be on the same page about it. Yeah, they th- th- this one. I mean, you know, both of the the uh, kind of improvement quadrant or all the improvement quadrants. I think, you know, again, I, I hear um, I hear this said a lot. You know, it's it's sort of not necessarily giving you the answer here, but it's think maybe helping you ask different right or better questions. questions. Yeah. You know, asking the right questions because here in this in this zone, if you're high performance but low cohesion, you might say, well, you know, we either might have some, 
uh, you know, some heroic efforts. We might have some, um, you know, just maybe some dysfunction that hasn't quite led to, uh, you know, performance being impacted, but it's definitely, um, you know, could, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's kind of kind of like uh, the the hand grenade with the pin out, maybe is a way is is mm. a way to you might look at that. It's it's, um, uh, it's or it could be a very command and control culture where it's it, just you know that perform could be or you're out, and yeah, that, that that's also possible too, right? I mean, yeah, mm. you you definitely have to take this. Uh, in the context of the overall organizational culture and yep. many of the other factors. I mean, this is not not going to give you the silver bullet, but it's going to let you know the kinds of issues that you're dealing with. And it could be, you know, as easy as maybe you have one or two team members that are, are you know, for whatever reason, have a very different opinion than, than the other team members. And, you know, mm. it's worth digging into but that think, to understand why. Yeah, it seems like there's immense risk but immense opportunity in this level as well um maybe it's the case where that there's no cohesion there because of um different styles and maybe even dominating team members but there could also be the opportunity of maybe you guys have just don't talk to each other right. and if you do talk to each other you will be on the same page and then boom mm -hmm. you move yourself a quadrant um yep i definitely think that's something which is underestimated in a lot of teams like but isn't it obvious no you should tell people if someone's late to a meeting and you know they don't it's not okay sometimes that's simple let that slide when a quick little hey by the way we always turn up because it's respectful to our team members right. writes the issue pretty quickly um great point as you pointed out there's a great there's a lot of opportunity there if, if you can look for it yeah yeah for sure yeah. but then obviously you've got low performance low cohesion the red zone yeah um which is probably you know how would you best describe that yeah, well, there again, I mean, it's really a continuum. I mean, it, it, I think, you know, we, we've done some things to kind of spread this scale out a little bit. And so if you're one of those teams that's, you know, kind of just in the upper quadrant of the, the red zone, I, I wouldn't, you know, be crestfallen or, 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 you know, think necessarily think that, hey, this is a sign that we're, we're a failure, you know, this it just is, is again showing that hey maybe you've got some things to work on here and and in general you know it's it's a continuum right so just because you're you're you know barely over the line into the red zone doesn't necessarily uh yeah. you know mean you should hang your head in shame right it's uh yeah. uh it's it's definitely not the intent intended use of this it's not a scorecard it's really intended to kind of help us get a better understanding of what's happening as you go I, deeper I, into the red zone into the towards the lower left you know, then you, you, that team probably does have some kind of significant challenge there, you know, uh, maybe are some, um, some team members that, that uh, are just not clicking with or not, or the team as not clicking, I shouldn't say team members, but the, the team overall is maybe just not clicking. Um, you know, and I think what you want to really look for there is, you know, what are some things that we can do maybe fairly immediately to try to see if there's anything we can do to, to, to turn things around, at least, you know, to kind of get us moving in the right direction. And this is where you'd want to drill in, really look at the, the team level responses and, and really kind of do a diagnostic is, are we seeing um, this, this relatively low performance, low cohesion, um, you know, due to, you know, maybe one specific factor. Um, and, and again, you know, like I said, is it, is it related to, to um, uh, how we how we have our our soft skills uh, team teamwork and 
communication mm -hmm. kind of things? Is it due to, to you know, other uh, other factors that we measure, like how we do um, techno or what techno practices we follow, that kind of thing? So, I mean, that that's really um, where you want to want to to look at that, get a better understanding of what the underlying issues are, so that then you can kind of hopefully help that team, um, you know, be their best selves. Yeah. One thing that comes to mind is that all teams would start in the low performance, low cohesion quadrant, I would expect. That's but the thing that really point. matters is how long they've been together. That, that's, that's a great point. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting kind of thing so to if follow. If we follow the, 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 you know, the forming, norming, sorry, forming, storming, norming, et cetera, every team form, every team storms. Right. So if, if your team had only been together for a week or a month and they were still learning their domain or their team members, then yeah, you could definitely see them being in that low performance, low cohesion compared to their own standard. Um, so just, just to, I think that further backs up your point that there's just some data points that need to be taken into a contextual view of time and space and culture right. and, and all those kinds of things. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Uh, definitely, you know, things that we need to, to keep in mind as we're, we're evaluating this. And then also, um, you know, what is your, um, even questions like how big of a team do we have here? You know, if we've yeah, got absolutely. a, a a four person team versus a 13 person team, you know, you might have a very different situation there. So. Um, oh, I can't, I can imagine you have to have to with the amount of information, uh, sorry, um, communication connections that expands with the more yeah. people on team. That's why they, we have that saying of the two pizza team, right? So, right. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then we have low performance, high cohesion mm -hmm. where people tend to, it sounds like people have a good amount of uh, relationship but they're struggling getting things as to reaching outcomes. Yeah, you know, I think in this case, you, you might have some real positive things to build on in terms of, uh, you know, the team is, is seems like they're in, in agreement, um, but, you know, there, there may be an agreement that they're, they're, they have some challenges. And so, mm. you know, that, that could actually maybe be uh, uh, a good place to start. Just ask, you know, sort of look, first of all, look and see what they rated. But then uh, what they rated low, and and see if there are issues there that you can you can help them with, um, and then, you know, talking to them, say because they're they're probably going to have some some fairly good agreement about what the, the shortcomings are, what the needs are that they might have, yeah. and how they can they can um, turn you know hopefully improve their performance. Absolutely, and they could they could they could act this team could have a lot of answers for you. Mm -hmm. Of okay, we don't have the right tools, we don't have the um, right time or, or focus to, to produce the outcomes that we need. So maybe you're right. a, in more of a facilitating mode with that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can, uh, as I said at the beginning, having come from a background where coaching and transformation, uh, I think this impact matrix is extremely helpful in, as you said, help asking the right questions in a more focused and personalized way to each team and, helping to understand how you can help teams uh, improve their performance, improve their cohesion. Um, so I think it's fantastic and looking forward to anyone who can taste it out and take it for a ride. Um, yeah, we'd love to get feedback on it. Um, you know, I, we, we, we had, I think, some pretty um, well-reasoned uh, ideas as, as it was coming together and a lot of great input. Um, but it, it would be very interesting to hear how folks are finding value with it. And, and we have some ideas about how we want to uh, improve it down the road, but uh, 
you know, definitely uh, um, want to hear that that voice of the customer as we think about future enhancements to this as well. Fantastic. Thank you for your time today, Matt. Sure. Um, I learned a lot, and it's certainly great to hear the uh, all the innovations we're seeing in, in the comparative agility. All right. Fantastic. Thank you uh, so much for having me. It's great to no be worries. here. And if you wanted to sign up for a compare, uh, an, an account for a comparative agility, it's free. Just go to comparativeagility.com and you can take the assessment with your team, benchmark and set yourself on a journey for continuous improvement. Thank you, Matt. Take care. Yeah, thank you.